everybody. We're back for the Everybody Counts podcast. We've got a full yeah. crowd here today. I'm Tracy. And, and will it be Titus the third? Slash J. Thank you. And I'm and Officer Pete. Officer Pete. And you can just call me Captain Trey. Um, we're, we're all here. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a great discussion. We're going to get lots of viewpoints. Do you think we'll agree much on things tonight, guys? Yes. What's um, the likelihood? I don't know. It's a pretty intense episode in a couple of different ways. So it'll be interesting to hear uh, your thoughts, uh, you know, compared to mine. Yeah. Okay. And we got a poll out there. Um, we need some votes. I, I, I sent a request for more votes because I, I polled the listeners how many trivia questions is Tracy going to get right tonight from Pete? Maybe gets one right, has 20% of the votes. Gets all of them right, has 60% of the votes, and some ding-dong has said, I'm going to get none of them right. wonder who that could be. <laughs> I wonder. That's uh. definitely Officer Pete. That's definitely, <laughs> definitely, we'll definitely, see. definitely. So we have five votes. I think three of them are probably us. So um, <laughs> I, think, I think we need some more. So, um, well, suggestion we'll, going yeah. forward is that we like set up the poll like, after Earlier. we release this podcast and just let it go for however long it takes until yeah. we do the podcast and try to get more votes. Yeah. Well, hold True. on. I'm retweeting it now. I'm retweeting it now, getting it out there. So we'll see how many Thank people, you. uh, cause I just voted. I did not, I didn't, I totally did not see this. Oh, cause nobody, okay. nobody okay. told me cause we have if six. somebody had told me I would have said, get none right. But I didn't. <laughs> <hate> it, so. <laughs> All right. We'll keep an eye on it see what happens and we'll just see how I do at the end in comparison to the poll. So this is a big episode. There's a lot going on. Um, A lot of Frankie and his journey. Um, Mm -hmm. Maddie and Harry are moving along in their journey with their grief. Maddie's taking some big steps um, this episode and Bosch and Jay Edgar, they're, they're working side by side quite a bit um, closely um, especially on the um, situation with Eleanor, you know, trying to solve her murder. Mm-hmm. Um, very much together working on that. So let's just jump in. Uh, who wants to talk about um, Maddie going to get the safe deposit box? Man, that was um, super emotional for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't even want her to open it. Um, yeah, and I have to be honest. I was hoping, you know, most of the time in TV shows, I I want to know what's going on. Show it to me all, you know, just give it to me. And I'm like, no, let her let her look in it, let her like cry, let her close mm-hmm. the box, and we'll never know because. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's, yeah, it's really I mean, tough stuff. You know, and you got, I mean. It wasn't even like a safe deposit box. It was like a memory box. Yeah, like a scrapbook. Um, yeah. Um, uh, well, there was a, um, some of her hair in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, her baby teeth. Pictures. Yep. Um, Young just, Harry going off to, yeah. to battle. Yeah, he looked good, oh. too, didn't he? He looked good, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. But, but, uh, Always does. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was... I thought it was very interesting that, you know, it wasn't the will and the, you know, these papers for that or financial stuff or 
heck, even with her crazy life, you know, tons mm-hmm. of dollar bills wrapped up, ready to go for an emergency <laughs> or a gun or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was, it was like, I need a safe place for the memories that meant the most, yeah. um, which just made that, I mean, for Maddie, obviously very tough, but for me as the viewer, I'm like, I don't even like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. it was tough. It's tough. We we felt things along with her, and you know as we're watching the things as she's going through the boxes, she starts to break down. You know it builds up. You see one thing, yeah. and you see another thing, and you're like enough. Yeah. One one thing I wanted to point out. Remember when her mom is getting her to sign the bank papers a couple episodes back, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "Well, I don't need to do this," and she starts signing the wrong one. You know, just real. Yeah. You know, whatever. And then in this episode, look how fast she has grown up and knows how to take things yes. seriously and talking to yes. the, the bank person that she does have the authority to go into the box, to go into the room by herself. I mean, she knows right. her stuff and right. it's just such a contrast. And I, I think that highlights what tragedies and, you know, difficult times, how they, you know, shape you. I mean, you, you're yeah. not the same after. And in this case, she's probably growing up faster than than she needed to, you know, or anybody wanted her to, but I, I just thought that was an interesting contrast from before. Um, she also finds a paper in there about Borrego Springs drive-in. Um, mm. And that comes up at the end of the episode. She finally asked Harry about it. And it's a really sweet story um, about how Eleanor suggested they go to this drive-in at Borrego Springs before he goes to, I guess, Afghanistan. Is that right? And um, so they drive up. There's no drive-in. Apparently, the way I understood is that, you know, she just wanted them to spend some time there in in a beautiful place as a family. And I guess there was still some hesitation about whether he really would go. And if there was a shooting star, then he would go. Um, and there weren't, it wasn't just one, there were, there were several, you know, and then, but Maddie makes the comment that that was their last time together when they were still an intact family unit. I mean, they've always been family, but you know, while they were still all right. together and that kind of, you know, stabs you in the chest as well, you know? And, and so, but it, obviously that memory meant a lot to Bosch because he had a friend that made up that little um, paper, um, little advertisement for a Borrego Springs, is it Borrego or Borrego? Anyways, um, <laughs> for the drive-in that didn't really exist. You know, we had that made up because it was a special memory for their family, and she kept that. You know, just a little piece of paper, and she kept that as well. So, whew, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah. So, but we, you know, we're trying to get through it. We're trying to get through it. Um, Pete. Do you want to talk about KTK? I mean, what dun, happened dun, dun, in this episode? Oh, well, what a cop-out. Oh, my God. Listen, <laughs> I don't get upset at these writers much, but, you know, you might as well just have said, like, oh, yeah, like, show them, like, on a boat going to Panama or something in the beginning of the season because the whole season <laughs> you have this guy riding a bike around terrorizing people for cell phones and hair combs and God knows what else. And then on top of that... <laughs> I told you last episode, this guy drives like a maniac. Something bad's going to happen. They let yeah. him do it, and he ended up hitting a parked car. I think he was probably pulling – he probably hit the parked car on purpose to try to steal the person's phone or hat or sunglasses, whatever he's into this week. Could be, and yeah. He got smashed by a guy going down the road not expecting mm-hmm. to be there or just wrong place, wrong time. 
Um, I, I, I mean, I felt like he was, he was, um, he, is he dead? I felt like he was dead, but they didn't really give you the confirmation that he was dead. So is he just in the hospital now? I, I'm, do you guys know anything about this? Well, I think didn't um, Billet say move a car in front of him to uh, block the decedent? Is that the word that she used? I mean, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was dead. So you think that um, was implying that he's that he's dead? Yeah, yeah, he he was. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't have any doubts. Do you, Jay? Yeah, Jay, what do you think? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say he's dead, um, but. And knowing Pete and the characters that he gravitates to, they all seem to die across all the television shows. So I'm thinking, <laughs> pretty likely. I'm thinking he doesn't have much a chance here. Sorry, Pete. Well, we didn't see anyone calling for you know emergency vehicles or anything. Or right. no, they didn't. The EMT. So I, I mean, I think it was a done deal. But yeah, he he took, takes one last cell phone from that that lady at the restaurant and then uh, flies out of there and just doesn't make it. Much longer. Yeah. So all that stash of stuff, mm. that whole stash of stuff in his apartment, where's it going to go? You know, what goods are going to do him now? None. Not much. Nothing co- good comes of stealing and hurting people. Nope. Right. You, end up, you end up dead on the road next to a bike <laughs> from a hit and run driver. That's what yeah. happens yeah. to children. Karma will then, find you. And there's a gun there. Under, and, and are we to assume yeah. that's his gun? Yes, it has yeah. to be. Yes, yeah. thousand percent. So, and uh, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you watch a little further, you kind of know what happens. But uh, we do know in this episode that Crate and Barrel get assigned to this case, so um, they need to figure out what it's all What's about. What's what? Yep. What's what? So, and they're not too happy about it. They interrupted their, you know, they'd had their nice breakfast with billets, and they just want to get back to the station. But she takes the call because they're in the area, and uh, so they they end up with more on their plate than they anticipated for sure. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little more on the next podcast. All right, what else do we want to hit up? Um, guess it's time to get into Frankie. A lot of Frankie in this episode. All Frankie, all day. And we're going to talk Frankie, and then we're going to talk to Frankie, or, well, to the actor who plays Frankie, Jamie McShane, um, on our debrief. Some great insights there. So let's kind of break it down. He wakes up in his car um, and tosses his stuff in a bag. He starts to take a drink, and he dumps it. He dumps everything out of the bottle. And um, I guess this is his way of saying he's done. So he goes on to the, like the shower station or whatever. And I don't know if you guys um, check out the x-ray stuff when you're watching on Amazon prime, but that's the additional information. If you like hover over to the left and you can see who the actors are, the character names. Oh yes. 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 Yeah. So lava may is where he was. And that is a, a, a program there for the homeless. Um, where they can get a shower and freshen up and in other things. So I thought that was just some interesting information um, to learn there. Hopefully that helps a lot of people get back on their feet. So Frankie, we don't, you know, is Frankie trying to get back on his feet? Maybe he's dumped the drink. Um, He cleans himself up, freshens up, puts on a hat 
and kind of trying to look uh, a little bit, you know, under the radar. And this young, I guess a teenager, I think, pulls up in a car and calls him Mr. Sheehan. So um, I'm guessing it's a neighbor kid or something. And he picks him up and starts to chat. Oh, you might be undercover and, you know, all this. And Frankie's like, we got to (laughs) go. You know, like, it's not time to chat. You know, get out of here. And he takes him back to his old neighborhood or, you know, where his estranged wife lives. But he doesn't drop him um, at at his house drops him a few couple houses down and he kind of works his way mm-hmm. through the backyards sneaky, and comes sneaky. in sneaky sneaky and um he ends up in the garage um he has a gun in there he's putting together um he puts like the police light on his kid's bike um it's like he's got certain tasks he's taking care of he's got a plan here and then he works his way up the steps you know shocks margaret um his his wife and um, she's like, what are you doing? You know, what's, what's going on? She just, she's lost faith in, in, in him, mm-hmm. you know, and she probably yeah. doesn't want to, you can see that there's still something there, right. but she's just, she's been burned so many times. It sounds like, and, you know, he's like, I had to come say goodbye. I can't really explain anything. I got to disappear myself. And um, she's like, no, the, you know, our kid, Liam, he's at school. And, you know, so he's not even going to get to see his kid. And then he starts noticing um, cars out the window. I think it's SI detectives. Yeah. And uh, he sees people watching him. And uh, but there's there's some dialogue that goes on between Frankie and Margaret. Did you want to talk about that at all, Pete? Some of the things that came up. Well, um, he didn't know where he he went there. He he walks into the room with a gun in his hand, and obviously True. she knows that you know he doesn't have you know he's been rocky over the past you know couple months at least. Yeah. And I would be frightened. Yeah. And he wants to go and say goodbye to his kid. And mm-hmm. the kid's been in school Monday through Friday in those hours. Yeah. And he has no clue. So it's like, what are you doing, Frankie? Um, yeah. And then is that. Is it kind of shows how detached he's been from everything, you know, with yeah, his then, family. Yeah. And then he notices that the, that the people are watching him, right? So he calls mm-hmm. Bosch. Mm-hmm. Did I. I didn't miss nothing in there, right? Yeah, no, he calls. Well, Bosch. they did. They did bring up that um, he he tells her that he stopped drinking, and she's like, "Oh yeah, right, day one, you know, like he's probably stopped t- several times before." And, and he's like, "You know, I." She didn't believe him, and um, he said that he didn't want to end up where he was, and she kind of made the argument that he did. He just kept making decisions, and then he did want to end up at this point. And he was saying if they hadn't lost the baby, so there's some information revealed there that not only has he gone through these issues with the police department and made some, you know, bad decisions, they've had a, you know, a tragic loss within their family. So like you just start to really feel for this guy, like you, you blame him for some things, but then you feel for him too. It's very complicated character. Um, So yeah, I thought, you know, I just wanted to touch on that. And um but yeah, he he does call Bosch and and tells him to back off, um, or he's gonna you know hurt himself. And um, he's like, no, no, you're not, you're not gonna do that. And he tells him that his wife um, is there, you know. So it's you know we got sort of a what would you call that situation? It's not it's not a hostage situation, but it's um, what do you, what do you call that? I don't know what do you call that, but it is almost like a hostage when you have a situation. suspect suspect yeah. kind of barricaded or whatever. Yeah, but. And now if we back up a a little bit, um, Frankie may not have seen those folks out the window if what? Anybody remember? 
if Jimmy uh, hmm. hadn't made a call. Because, oh, I just remember oh, that they yeah, saw yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. backing up, right? That's when, that's when he first noticed it, when the, the car was backing up on his block? Maybe, but remember Bosch, when he finds out that he gets a call yeah, Bosch told him not to move. Leader, yeah, yeah, as the task force leader, he gets the call from SI saying we we have a sus we have someone here, it looks like it could be she and you know and Bosch tells him to like sort of pull back Stay and you know, not yeah. move in not yeah. move in and um, he doesn't want to spook him or whatever and then um, he tells Jimmy to you know meet him there and he said you know and I told them to to stay put or, or I want you to tell them to stay put. And um, maybe that's what it was. He was telling Jimmy to tell them and Jimmy calls him and he tells him kind of to move in. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Pierce is just looking at him, you know, Pierce is our moral yeah. compass and he's just looking at Jimmy like, what are you doing? And, and Jimmy's like, what, you know, you have something to say and he doesn't say anything, but I think by the look on his face, it's clear that he feels like, you know, you're not, on the up and up here. So um, we still have that um, butting heads with Bosch and Robertson. And it um, ends up playing out even further um, there at Frankie's house. So he says, you got to let my wife go. You got to let her get out of here and get to my son. They're like, okay, come out, pull over right here where we are. She starts coming out, and they see that a cell phone is in her car, his cell phone, and it's, you know, so it's lighting up. They're tracking it. And so they, you know, think, well, he could be hiding in the back. Pull the car over. He's not, he's not hiding in the back. He, you know, yeah. he's a cop, too. He's, he's smart. He knows <laughs> right. how these knows things the work, drill. you know. Right. This is, you know, a battle of the, the, the you know, strategies here. I mean, they're, they're working against themselves, you know, in a way. It's, it must be a very unique situation. And so he used that as a distraction to try to head out through the backyards and get in that um, vehicle that the kid brought him home in. And he starts to pull away. They see him, and he ends up getting surrounded. Um, but his wife's worried he's going to hurt himself. I think he's worried he's going to hurt himself. You know, he's not really stable. Bosch is, is concerned. He tries to talk him down. He tries to tell him, I believe you. You know, and Frankie's like, nobody's going to believe me. There's no choice. And of course, Bosch is telling him there's another way. There's another way. Um, he tells him to think about his child, you know. Yeah. Um, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's very powerful and very serious, um, heavy stuff. And Bosch is able to talk him down and they take him in, you know. And of course, Robertson has to make a remark to, to Bosch about. Oh, you, you know, you talked him down and, you know, you, you were the hero kind of thing, you know, again. And, uh, a little animosity so there. Yeah. It's like, can't we all work together? Right. Um, so, so he gets hauled in. Um, but Bosch is like, I believe you. You know, I believe you. He kept saying, I believe you. You know, he, she and has told him that he did not kill Elias. So you're like, okay, you're going to take him in. He says he didn't do it. If Bosch believes him, I believe him. Right. And right. okay, well, just let's just get this straightened out. Well, meanwhile, ballistics has run the bullet, um, done the test. Snyder's there watching. It's a perfect match. Robertson gets the call, and boy, does he feel um, vindicated. You know, pretty proud of himself. Vindicated, yeah. yeah when he calls Bosch and says. It was a match, and and Bosch just can't believe it because I, you know, he really did believe Frankie, 
And we were believing Frankie. So what's going on there? Something is up, guys. And that's how the episode ends. Um, Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Sure so I mean, yeah. that, that's a that's a that's quite a way to end the episode, and, and that's one of those where I, I think it'd be extremely hard to wait, and you got to just move on to the next one. But we're not moving on to the next one right now. We're sticking right, to right. Yeah, right. I <laughs> it's know. It's painful, but we're sticking it to is. it. It um, is. Hey. A couple other things that were going on. Um, you know, Snyder, she seems to have this habit of losing her keys, losing her ID, and she had lost her ID, and... Pierce found it, or someone found it in the parking lot and returned it. So she has her ID back. Um, Bosch ignores a call from Walker coming in. Imagine that, Bradley Walker ignoring his call. I mean, who doesn't want to ignore his call? Um, right. Then all, of a, then all of a sudden he brings Gabriella Lincoln, you know, one of the IA officers, into his car to talk about the case. And he, she kept saying, you need to be talking to Bosch about this, but he's trying to get information, and she didn't really give much up. Um, just need to talk to Bosch. So that's kind of weird, right? And yeah. then we also learn that Bradley Walker's construction project is highly leveraged. So he, you know, he has this big fancy house and everything, but maybe his uh, money situation is not as stable. Yeah, as a little fishy going on there. Yep, a little fishy, mm-hmm. a little fishy. Um, so yeah. And that's where we that's where we end up. So, what questions Good do we episode. have for the? Good episode. The, we're gonna enter the interrogation room and see what questions we have for each other. Ah oh, man, uh, I'm gonna go first here. I'm gonna go first okay. here. I I have uh, I have two, um, and they're pretty simple. So hopefully, I can okay. have two. First okay. one has to do with Maddie. Um, how long do you guys think she'll stay this strong, this grown up? Is number one. Is this like mm-hmm. a permanent thing, or you know, is she gonna break? And then question number two. Um, you kind of said it best when you said we all kind of believed Frankie, Bosch, mm-hmm. us, everybody. I mean, except for Robertson, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how does, how does Bosch move forward? Bosch is one of those guys that like when he knows his gut is right, he runs with it and he probably mm-hmm. is right 99 times out of a hundred. And this is a big one out of a hundred that he's not right. So mm-hmm. how does that change his focus now going forward? What, how is he going to handle that? Do you want to go first, Pete, or do you want me to go? Um, listen, I'll go. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, the first part of your question, I think that Maddie, I mean, she seems like she's at that point where when you're at her age in life, you know, the character and something like this happens and you're forced to kind of, you know, be an adult. I think that kind of mm-hmm. never goes away at this point because, you know, if, if she's moving on to say college next year or just, you know, going into the real world with a full-time job, you know, you, you have to, you know, she already got a foot in the door. And I'm not saying it was the best way to do it, but I think she's ready right. to move on as an adult now. I don't think she's going to break. Because if she's Eleanor Boss's daughter, and who's stronger than those two put together? Come on. Um, okay. No, I mean, that's good. I'm, I'm yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. The second part is um, 
Bosch said he had 48 hours to prove that Frank didn't do it. So I would assume that the next episode is going to be documenting those 48 hours and him trying to really unravel this knot. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. As me, as far as Maddie, I think, I think there has been at least some permanent shift. I don't think you can go back to where you were after a tragedy like that. It does change you. Um, I think it might make, be making her, you know, super having to be super grown up and, and, and tough and handling things right now. I think that will pull back a little bit and I think her dad will help her and her friends will help her. Um, right. Jay Edgar will probably help her and, you know, Bill, it's, you know, she's got this support system. I think they'll, they'll help draw her back into, you know, being a, a, a young person again, but, but part of her will always be more grown up. Um, right. Maybe than most kids are you know, her age. Um, so that's what I feel about that. And I, I'm I'm on the same page with Pete about Bosch now and his his focus. His focus will be okay. I now my focus is to prove how he didn't do it. You know, um, it's kind of working backwards. You know, a little bit. But I think he you know, he has such strong instincts, and he can't let something go if he feels it. You know, if he right. if he saw right. the evidence right. and he had the feeling that oh, that's right, I was wrong. You know, he, if he felt it, that's one thing. But he doesn't. He he feels like Frankie is innocent right. of that crime. So he can't okay. let that feeling go until he investigates sure. it. Um, so, yeah, he's got to work backwards on that. Um, I have a question for you guys because we, um, we didn't touch on this in, in the recap. So Bosch, you know, we mentioned that Bosch and, and Harry are working together on Eleanor's murder and trying to solve that and they go to the golden soup restaurant and they get you know kind of um stopped right away by um the fbi folks there um her her former handler and stuff um is like no 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 you can't be here we're working on something big you know don't blow it you know and 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 bosh backs off you know he's real polite and, and j edgar's surprised like wait a minute why are you being so cooperative <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, helpful right. harry he called him helpful, helpful harry, harry. Helpful. Yeah. that's right helpful harry. <clears throat> and you know he explains that okay that's fine i'll keep my priorities straight we, we're going to solve her murder and then you know if we need to focus on this stuff because they're focusing on the chinese national and the the bigger you know probably organized crime thing that's going on and they need Bosch needs someone to focus on Eleanor's murder because you know I think he probably gets the feeling that they're not you know focusing on that yeah. so yeah. much so he's got to take the lead there so they make that decision and when they're um and also Jagger had gathered some information he'd been doing a lot of work on Eleanor's phone um, so that you know they're working together they're talking about the different records that were on there and the video um, J Edgar even finds the phone number for the um, dealer of the poker game of that last poker game she was in. He's trying to get in touch with her. So he's really digging in. So they're really working together and they're riding in the car and um, Jagger's like, we got to talk. And, you know, boss, she's like, I thought we were talking. (laughs) And, uh, but he's like, we have to be more specific. Like, where are we basically, you know, talking about their partnership? Are we going to be able to work together? Is there, you know, their issues and Bosch doesn't really nail it down for him. He's like, I I won't apologize for the gun thing. um, You know, in last season. Uh, But, you know, other than that, you know, if you're kind of like, if you're okay, I'm okay. Stubborn. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that is, that's one way to look at it. Is it stubborn or is he just not able to put words to it? But it's, it's, it's kind of vague. He just kind of wants to like go with it. As long as things are working, let's keep going with it. And, and, Jagger seems to pretty much go along with it. Like he proceeds, they continue working together. But do you think in his mind that he's really like, ah, this Harry, you know, I need, I needed to talk about this. Is he frustrated or is it enough for him? The conversation that they had. No way that's enough. There's just no way that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was like um, a Robertson or even a crate barrel, um, mm-hmm. they could probably be, you know, shake it off, move on. But Jay Edgar is like, um, I don't want to say he's an emotional guy, but he feels, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that he needs a kind of closure to that. And that's, okay. that's not a closure, at least not in my mind. Bosch's mind maybe but not okay. mine and I don't think Jay Eggers too so I think while he might feel like it's a step in the right direction or at least a step in a direction I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's not enough that's not going to be enough how about you Pete um, I'm actually going to go the exact opposite on this one um, if anybody knows Harry Bosch this is you know par for the course for Harry Bosch. This is the way he reacts to everything. He doesn't commit to nothing. He's very um, very vague about things. Very limited about you know expressing emotions. I think that Jay Edgar knows Harry well enough to know that when Harry answers it like that, it might be just be enough. That's just Harry's way of saying the things that we were wondering if he was gonna say in my in my mind at least. And I think we learned from, you know, the last couple episodes that they're going to be brothers no matter what. And I think that this is them just becoming partners again. But this this is the kind of partnership you expect from them, too. So, like I said, I think we're right where we need to be at this point. Um, Bosch is being Bosch, not guaranteeing nothing. And Jay Edgar is just kind of like, dude, you know, I understand what you're saying, but can't you ever just make it simple? So, that's my thought. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of I'm kind of in between you guys, but I gotta say I'm leaning more towards Pete with this one. So if folks are listening to this, if you have an opinion, we need to know what your opinion is because we need to settle this. Um, which side are you on? I, I'm leaning more towards Pete because I, I agree he knows him so well. He knows this is Harry. I mean, he asked the question, but what did he really expect? Did he really expect to get a solid, straight answer? Deep down, probably not. He tried for it, but I I, I think their actions speak for you know how they are with one another they're working together they're they're making progress they're so um with the case and um nothing's getting in the way of that so far so it's like so far so good and and i know me personally i'd want more than that um but i think i think jay edgar's kind of willing to accept it because that's the way um harry is i mean he's not going to change his whole personality but i mean I, I imagine he is he's frustrated but I, i'm gonna i'm gonna lean towards pete on this one so yeah that's ridiculous captain <laughs> i don't i don't like it captain i have to you can't demote me <laughs> only dewan can do that so if dewan's listening and he i will call him demote me i'll call yeah, him. i bet you will okay okay i'll do it right now Hello, Dewan. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, you you listening? I I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Yeah, rip. Yeah. Apparently, we're only live for Dewan. He said one more time. 
He said, one more time you side with Pete, and you're back to patrol, Captain. It's just that simple. Oh, All right, thanks. Okay. We got to finish up the podcast. Buddy. All right, talk to you later. Wow. Bye-bye. You yeah. got him on the yeah. line fast. I mean, <laughs> you know it was a lie because DeWan would have called me Officer Pete. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, you Zip thought it, you Pete. got away with it, Jay. You thought you got away with it. If it weren't for that darn kid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would have got away with it. It's time to talk about our persons of interest. Again, these are not necessarily suspects in the crimes in the series at this time. They're people that we want to talk about, that we want to highlight, that we want to give a little extra attention to this episode. <laughs> Who's going first? Not I, I said the blind man. I, I guess I'll you. go first because you guys always you say go. that I want to go first. So I'm going to go <laughs> first and just take, take the good guy from everybody else, huh? Huh? Hi. All right, so my person of interest this week is going to be Harry Bosch. Now, there's multiple reasons why Harry Bosch is my person of interest. One is, I he's changing. He's changing. I, I don't know. It's hard to read him because I don't know if he's fully changed or if he's just um, changing whenever it fits his need. But, like, yeah, being helpful with the, with the case, helpful Harry, and then being very vague with Jay Edgar, I feel like, He's, he's somebody else, and then he's back to Harry, and then you know he's with his daughter. I see a different type of Harry that I'm not used to seeing. Bosch, I feel mm-hmm. like, is all over the place. We have like four different murder investigations at this point, including you know, with cold cases included, that Bosch has on his mind, along mm-hmm. with the death of Eleanor. This is, this is a big deal for anybody to, to, take, to take in. Now, my biggest question about the person of interest is, is that at the end of the episode, it seems obvious, clear-cut, bone-dry in my world that Frank Sheehan is guilty. That's what they want us to believe. That's what the evidence says. And, and where I come from, when the evidence is, is cold cut, um, clean cut like that, it's over. It's over. So I, you know, I'm assuming after watching this episode and not watching the next one yet, that Frank Sheehan's going to jail for, the, for this murder. Mm. But Bosch is, Bosch is so, you know, so certain that it's not, it's not Frank. Now, my question is about the whole person of interest is if it is Frank and Bosch's gut is off, how will that affect him long term? Mm. Mm. That's a that's a that's a good point. Yep. That's a very good point. And you were talking about all those different roles he was playing and all those different types of um person not personalities, but you know, but he, he's he's you know, one way with his trying to help his daughter and then he, you know, has his, you know, detective hat on and you know, all these different roles. And I, I was it's always um like in the books and in the series, I love it when Bosch gets into his um sort of negotiator role, you know, I guess is maybe yep. a word for it, when he's talking to, to Frankie and trying to keep him from, you know, eating his gun um, and to cooperate and bring himself in. He's just that calm demeanor. He knows the right things to say. You get that, that deep emotional side. He doesn't always show his emotion, but you can see he's digging deep there and, you know, using that to help that person and to, you know, calm the crisis. So I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that, that role that he's playing as well. Scary Um, Harry. (laughs) That's what I call it. (laughs) Calm Harry, scary Harry people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one way to look at it. That's one way to look at it. Um, All right. I'm going to say Jay Edgar, which I mean, you can always say Jay Edgar. I mean, really, it's, it's always, Always a good person to talk about, but um, I'm just having fun watching all his um, technical work 
this yes. season. And I don't know if part of that is because he's been injured and can't do as much of the the physical right now, but, you know, going through these phone records and, you know, working on the you know computer and, and digging into these details, it just, it almost makes me wonder, are they going to kind of move him, him into a little bit of a, a specialty, you know, in that area? Cause we know Harry's not, <laughs> doesn't have that as a specialty. So right. are we going to continue to see more of that um, from, from Jerry? Um, Cause I like it. I think it's, I think it's cool, and um, I like seeing him have some mad skills there with the tech yes. side. Mm-hmm. Jagger, let's go, Team Jagger! <laughs> All right, yeah. it's your turn, my, my Jay. Oliver B. Titus the third. Um, for me, it's it's all about Robertson. It's all about Robertson. Okay. He's Good my one. he's. He's uh, definitely my person of interest in a couple of different ways. Um, we've seen him up to this point um, do what he's told. We've seen him work hard at the case. We've seen him get frustrated. We've seen him planning for a transfer, a move, a change. And in a high profile, I'm not a cop detective, so I'm not in this, this world. But in my own mind, if you have a super high-profile case that you're working, something that is all over the news, all over the media, everybody is watching and paying attention to, Mm -hmm. you cannot mess up. You just can't. Everybody's watching you every single step of the way. And so if you step out of line or you choose to step out of line or you choose to do something bold like go against Harry's orders – like sub- something subversive, right? Mm-hmm. You you run the risk of derailing your career, derailing your mm-hmm. life, um, affecting those around you, and and then even you know how you brought up how he he didn't really like stick it in Harry's nose like ha 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 here's the ballistics things too, but now you've come back around after disobeying orders and you're mm-hmm. kind of almost showboating a little bit, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that these things that if you're not right, they have some pretty distinct and potentially awful ramifications that I, I can't not pick him and I like him and I think he's a good detective, but I wonder mm-hmm. What will this do to him inside the investigation? What will this do to the investigation? And what will it do to him career-wise, life-wise? I mean, the whole thing. So he's he yeah. can't not pick him. Can I okay. um, shed some light here real quick? Absolutely. Okay. Robinson is assigned to a case where it's the biggest case I think they, they said they might have ever had or one of the biggest cases they've ever had, the Howard Elias case. Everybody's watching, like Jay said. You know, they want justice. They want to know who the killer is. They want the killer. And Robinson believes he has a legitimate suspect in Frank Sheehan. So I have never seen a situation where when such a high-profile case and such, you know, a, such a logical suspect, legitimate suspect is there, how they're giving him so much leeway. Like, I felt like Bosch gave that kind of suspect, even though Bosch felt like he didn't do it, he gave him too much leeway with a case that is so intense that, you know, 
even if you brought the suspect in on the false pretenses, you still have a suspect and the city can react. And like you said, Robinson did, you know, I mean, no one wants to get it wrong, but Robinson is great at what he does and believes he got it right. And when two people work in the same profession doing the same job and they disagree on something and one of the persons has a little more pull, the other person who believes they're 110% right might go around a little bit around the track of the, the you know, the, right, the proper course in order to, you know, achieve the ultimate goal, which is to capture the suspect, which was done at the end of the episode. So if you're Robinson, I don't really think it was it was showboating person to person. I think it was more of a profession to profession, like I was right, I'm a better cop, like kind of deal. But with the chain mm. of command, you can't do that. So I understand both sides of it. But like I said, I, I just felt like they were going a little bit too soft on this Frank Sheehan thing. And, you know, I know we're about to wrap it up, so I just want to dig into Frank Sheen a little bit and ask you guys' opinion on one more thing here. And that yeah. is, that is, did he not set up the profile for a cop of how not to, of how not to not get caught? Because it seemed like he did the worst things in the world. Like, he changed himself up, so you're like, all right, he's going to go on the run now. And he goes home to, to his wife's house where they're obviously watching. Have, they have to have surveillance on. He should know better than that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, like, what are you doing, bro? You, you want to get caught at this point. And then, and then the thing with the cell phone, you, you put the cell phone in the, in the back of your wife's car and think that you're going to be able to, to escape with that. That was a horrible plan. You should know that you have Bosch, Robinson, Pierce, and Jay Egger now driving around looking for you, and they know your trick better than you do. So, mm-hmm. And then last off on that, because like I said, that was just an awful job of Sheen trying to hide or whatever he was doing. Um, how scary would it be if you were Frank Sheen and all of a sudden here comes Pierce, Robinson, Jay Edgar, and Boz <laughs> all out of the car with their guns like the Surrounded, four. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want those four guys together ever. That's like a superhero team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's uh, those are some good points. Now, I, I do want to know what you, how you see them as giving him extra leeway. I mean, aside from Bosch saying don't pull in close, maybe pull back a little bit. They would have stormed the front. They would have got a SWAT team there, I feel, and they would have got the suspect in custody. I've seen – you saw what they did with Robinson when they went to Sheehan's place with the search warrant. He said he's a suspect. Break it Mm. down. So they're not looking at him as a fellow officer or even a friend at that point. you got to look at him as the guy who killed Howard Elias, and if you killed Howard Elias, who's to say you're not going to kill everybody? They would have had a sniper uh, uh, looking through the window trying to – just in case Sheehan did take the wife hostage. I mean – I felt like it would have been played very differently. And, you know, I don't blame Bosch for the way he played it because he probably avoided Frank dying at that point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, in, in when I look at like when I look at the real terms, I mean, I've seen enough cop shows to know that they go in full force when they get a suspect in a high profile case because their job with chain of command is to get that suspect in custody ASAP mm-hmm. and wrap it up and get this get the whole city off the edge. So that's why I felt mm-hmm. was, you know, a little off. Okay. Those are definitely good points, definitely good things to, to consider. Um, we do need to move on to the evidence locker. I think it's pretty straightforward what we have in the evidence locker tonight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we have Frank a bullet. There. <laughs> we have a bullet that, uh, you know, that, that matches um, the, the the slug. Well, the, someone else describe it. I'm not good at describing it. What did they the ballistics of the bullet. They match the the gun. The gun. That Frankie is Frankie's gun. Okay. There you go. I was going to get my words mixed up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a match. So that seems 
pretty straightforward. That seems like some pretty solid evidence. But you got to wonder, we're only at episode six. Harry's got his instincts. He's going to start trying to figure out how in the world could that not be right or how he could be innocent if that, with that being true. Because a test is a test. So what's going it's on? Not I, possible. Ballistics don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you unprove that in forty-eight hours? Right. Well, and, and how do you go about it? Because, like Jay's right, the ballistics don't lie. You can't unprove it. So what else is going on? You know, you got to move out um, from the weapon, from you know, and, and move out. And what else is going on? What else is wrong with this picture? Because you you well, can't deny that. Um, I actually um. When this episode ended, and I watched it, and every time I watch this episode, and, and I get the same question in my head, which is, for the rest of the season now, are we going to be discussing the Frank Sheehan case? Because now that we know that he apparently killed Howard Elias, or mm-hmm. or did they leave? You know, I, I, I was thinking at this moment when it came in like episode eight or nine, and then do the, are we just going to do four episodes of Fallout, or is there more story to tell? And that's the question I want to know. Mm-hmm. Well. We'll keep pushing through. We'll find out one way or the other, whatever it is. So um, our tip line we heard from um, at Sister Teacher on Twitter, and um, she's just she's on top of her game. Um, Always. She yes, she um, she likes the recaps that I do on Fan Fest. Thank you for that, at Sister Teacher. Appreciate that. Um, and, but she. She notices things, and she has a very keen eye and ear. So she wanted to remind us um, and just point out that we keep hearing the name Scott Anderson as the reporter at the Los Angeles Times. Um, do you remember where else we've heard of Scott Anderson? Anyone? Anyone? Olympics? Yeah, I'm a big who uh, uh, wrote about the case where the guy killed himself, right? Or am I thinking somebody different? Which case? <laughs> you talking about in the TV series? No, no, and Bosch. Yeah, what? Are, From, give me some more uh, detail. Previous season. God, man, you're gonna put me on the spot, and I don't remember. Oh, so you talking about you talking about Edward Gunn going off the balcony? No, um. Oh shucks, the doctor guy. Who? What the heck was that? Dang it, I don't. I don't remember. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> well, it was the Edward Gunn case last season. Um, he ends up, you know, he he's poking around, but he ends up getting the uh, tape that um, Harry took inside Gunn's apartment, so that right, they could go ahead and right, wrap right, that right. that thing up. But they showed him, and and so. Um, our friend on Twitter, Sister Teacher, is pointing out that we haven't seen him on screen, but we actually saw him on screen. We saw the actor playing him last season. We keep hearing his name. It's the same guy, but we, you know, we haven't seen him yet, but they just have that common thread of um, that same reporter being involved. And she also made a point about how we don't usually see Jerry at Harry's house. Um, I think she's mentioned before uh, that I think she mentioned that I think before that um, Jerry's asked about you know maybe trying to sell Harry's house you know be a good real estate thing, um, but we actually see him spending some time in the house with Harry. They're looking at the computer and looking over Eleanor's records and kind of putting their plan of action together 
for going out for the day. So she's on top of it. Uh, uh, Pete, if you if you ever like come up empty on the trivia, you might have another source <laughs> there. You know, right. Yeah. I have to start delegating soon, I think. I need to get these people involved. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to message them. <laughs> I, I'd, be, okay. I'd be afraid of some of hers. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid of yours, Pete. I might be afraid of hers. She's a pro, she, and, and she's a part of Team Everybody Counts. So we appreciate the input. And anytime you want to give us some thoughts or have a question or want to correct us on something, you can send us an email to bosh at com. Because we are a partner with so many shows. Okay, so should we move along to our debrief? Should we get some intel from Jamie McShane on this Frankie Sheehan guy who just just sort of captivates us, and we just we're trying to get inside his head? Are you ready? Yeah, I need to know do what's it. going on with this guy. Let's do it. All right, here we go. We have talked about your character a ton on the podcast this season, so we can just pick your brain um, gladly um, to get some insights from you. I have to tell you from the get-go that, um, of course, I saw you on Fear of the Walking Dead, but then I also saw you in Bloodline and was just so moved by that performance. I mean, just oh, such, a, such a troubled character, and but you just the way you, you make us feel – for your characters, you know, especially, you know, Eric O'Bannon. And then now the way we feel for Frankie, we don't want it to be him. And now we have, there's, um, we can totally talk about the whole season um, because we, we have watched. And when we put this on air on the podcast, even though we may be talking about a specific episode, we tell folks, Hey, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, come back and listen to this part later. But um, right. yes, we've been, I feel like, and Pete, you jump in. I feel like we've been, rooting for Frankie. We feel for him and we don't want it to be him and you know we want um you know we want something to work out for him. Absolutely. We are, yeah. We are just hoping that you know the evidence comes around. Well, we know but we're hoping in the podcast as we go along each week that the evidence the evidence does not lead up to you. We don't we don't want it to be you. You know, we're right. me either. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Um, well, tell us a little bit how you um, how you get in that mindset when you first are at Harry's house. I mean, we kind of debated if um, if Frankie had been drinking or if it's really that he's just feeling so troubled um, when you're talking to him. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, yeah, he, I think he's at this point where he is in his life, I think he's always kind of drinking until that moment where he dumps the okay. bottle out by, okay. uh, mm-hmm. you know, down by uh, Skid Row down there. So mm-hmm. I think he's, he's got a, a constant, uh, not a buzz, but he's constantly, he's constantly drinking. And uh, mm-hmm. he goes there just to sort of set it straight, you know, yeah. with Allie as to what exactly happened and what, what he did do. Okay. Well, even though, um, Frankie leaves, you know, the next morning, middle of the night, whenever, you know, and goes on the lam. Do you feel like he has a trust in Harry Bosch that maybe he doesn't in some of the other um, officers? Yeah, I think there's, from my perspective, I, I think there's a respect that mm-hmm. he has for Bosch that it's it's going to be, it's going to be straight up, you know. And, okay. Um, and I, I think, I think he, uh, Frank feels like that. Uh, 
Bosch kind of appreciates the fact that he's tried to be that uh, Frank has tried to be uh, you know a very good cop and things have happened and he's made some tough decisions and he says you would have done this too mm-hmm. you know about Black Guardian and you know Harry says well I don't know about that and I say well you would have you know, because okay. of the situation, um, and whether Harry would would have or not, we we don't know. But I think there's a mutual respect there um, for for each other, both as as just as guys and as uh, as cops. Okay, yeah, it it plays that way. I mean, it seems there seems to be a connection and a, and a trust there. So I think that really comes through. Now, were you familiar with the novels um, before taking on the role? I I had read some of them, but a long, long time ago, and okay. um, so I wasn't familiar with this one going into it, and I didn't have the time to read it, you know, before before I got cast. It all okay. happened fairly okay. quickly. Right, right, okay. Um, now, oh, go ahead, yeah, Pete, what you got? Uh, okay, your character has been on an emotional roller coaster going downward the whole season. How was it to play such a troubled character? You had us fans on our toes the whole season. I mean, how do you pull off, you know, how was it to play that character? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's easy. <laughs> Good question. Um, I've, I've uh, kind of made a career in the last 14, 15 years of, I've been acting for about 28, or, uh, 28 years, but in the last bit, I've uh, kind of made a, a career of playing those type of guys. Um, you know, just something tragic has happened to them or they're going through something tragic. And um, I, I don't know, you know, I've had some stuff in my life like everyone has, and I'm, I mm-hmm. seem to be able to draw upon it um, when I need to. And it, it puts me in a it puts me in a really dark place, but I can tap into it. And as I've gotten better at my craft, um, I tap into it much quicker, but I have a lot more trouble getting out of it. When I'm okay. when I'm done, uh, oh, that happened, wow. you know, on like on Bloodline that happened, okay. and um, you know, a bunch of other jobs too. So, um, I, I for whatever reason, I have access to to that darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It's not the most fun, but it's uh, right. It's, well, I mean, yeah, you know, you're having to sacrifice. It sounds like you know some of yourself. I, I would think you know to give that to us viewers. Um, so wow. Um. What do you think was Frankie's end game when he first goes on the run? And is that different when he um, stops the drinking and goes back to, to see Margaret and, and say goodbye? Has, has the end game changed of what he's going for? I think he didn't know what the end game was when he was going. He just knew that I'm going to get nailed for this. If I mm-hmm. stick around, they're, they're going to nail me for this, even though I didn't do it because – they need to nail someone. They need they need to pin this on a cop, the Howard okay. Lyons murder. And um, I don't think he had an end game. His game was, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here, and I got to think this through. Okay. And mm-hmm. and then in the midst of that, I think he realized, I got to be clean to think this through, and I got to see my kid because I'm mm-hmm. going to go away for a while, and I got to say goodbye to Liam, and he's got to know, you know, at least – you know, daddy didn't just take off. Right. And, uh, and just let my, you know, my estranged wife at that point know that, look, something's up and I'm, I'm, I didn't do it. Whatever you hear, I did not do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And then wow. the end game became what it became, you know, just how it unfolded. Okay. Yeah. Did you have another question, Pete, or should I go on with, with my um, next just, question? Just one more question. Um, you play multiple characters, you know, on different shows. Well, you play one character on different show, multiple shows. What was your fa- Who's your favorite character to play? My favorite character I've, I've played so far in my career was Eric O'Bannon um, on wow. Bloodline. Okay. I mean, that, that was just such a special job. That was... I was a series regular on that show, and, and that's a mm-hmm. big step for an actor, and that took me 25 years to get that. And mm-hmm. it was my first series regular, and it was with an astounding cast that I felt like, oh, my God, I get to be part of this. And the rush up the writing um, was so good. And, and all this happens with Bosch, too. Uh, the mm-hmm. writing is excellent. The people are excellent. The thing with Bloodline and also with Bosch, everyone was so nice. It was just it was such a great uh, group to be a part of. It, it felt like I was an athlete who made the all-star team and was third string, but they let me out. They let me play with the big guys, you know? Yeah. So, nice. That that was pretty cool. Um, I loved playing scenes on, uh, on Bosch. I've had some other guest stars. I have a Sons of Anarchy. I loved playing Cameron Hayes, a couple other shows. Uh, also, I just did Unsolved about the murder of Biggie Smalls. And Tupac, and okay. I actually filmed it during while I was filming Bosch. I actually had days where I went from one set to the other, and that was a lot of fun because the character I played on that was was kind of light. He was kind of, uh, even though he was also an mm-hmm. R.I.C.D. detective, he was kind of the comic relief in a way. And I'd never okay. really gotten to do that to mm-hmm. such an extent. And it's you're, you're so much lighter on the set. Because you're yeah. not bringing in that darkness that you're tapping into. Right. So that that was a lot of fun. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you had that light experience. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it was as well. Yeah. That, that, that show on top, by the way, was phenomenal. And you played, you, played, you played it to a T. I loved your character in that show. But I do have one more question. Who yeah. do you deem more intimidating, Drake or Bosch? Bosh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> me too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would because agree with that. Drake, Drake, to me, there's there's a shiftiness there. There's something. Yes. There's something not, but Harry is straight up. Yeah. You know, and, and if mm-hmm. you cross him, it's going to be good. And it's going to be fair, but it's not going to be good. Okay. Yeah. In yeah. We kind of we coined the phrase on the podcast "boshing," just like when you're when you're really trying to do the right thing and you're doing it well, you know, Bosch goes for justice, you're boshing. And uh, so, yeah, we, 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 would, we would have to go with that, that answer as well. Um, how does, how do you think Frankie feels about uh, Drake by the end of the season? Does he, does he just write him off? I mean, does he, he's betrayed. I, I don't think, I don't or, think he, he writes him off. I think, I think, he realizes, you know, Frankie himself is, is so up the creek and he okay. can't, he can't worry about what Drake has done as well and try to hold the culpability for him as, as well, where, you know, he just basically says to, um, to Robert in the end there when we're by the pool that look, you know, Drake's on his own, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, hmm. Have you? So um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't rat on him. But right. I also don't. I don't take the. Uh, I don't. You know, hold his burden with me. 
Okay. He, he's, you know, he's a full grown man. He did his thing. He's got to deal with that. I got to deal with mine. Right. Okay. I mean, I can, I can see that. Now, have you ever worked with any of your Bosch castmates before in other projects? I did have. You know? I, I worked with Titus on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, right. Um, yes. <laughs> he, yeah, he actually played my boss. And then, um, ironically, I, I was in the pilot of Bosch as a different character. And then oh. Bloodline came about, and I had to, um, since Bosch I was only recurring on, and Bloodline made me a, a regular, Sure. I had to take Bloodline. And then they had to recast what they shot of me on Bosch. And then, so I was very excited that I got to come back. Oh, great. You know, great. in this, this role. We are, too. Um, so thank you. Yes. And then I actually worked with Jamie Hector in Unsolved. I had a scene with him in that as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So you had some connections there there already. Now, um, how would you compare filming um, in L.A. versus in the Florida Keys? Did you? Well, you... the Florida Keys was amazing. I mean, it's like it, it was. It's, it's a paradise down there, and it's like living in a Jimmy Buffett song. There's a different pace, and there's one road, yeah. and it's 40 miles per hour, if, if that. And, um, you know, you were, you were just sort of not sequestered, but you were there mm-hmm. with, with people that, you know, I was really close to. Okay. Um, so it was amazing. The, the job was traveling back and forth to try to see my kids every two to three weeks. You know, getting okay. from yeah. the keys to Miami Airport. So mm-hmm. um, I loved that in one respect. I mean, I got to I got to live for three years on and off in a part of the world that I, you know, maybe get to visit once in my life. And yeah. that was pretty neat. But I love to shoot in L.A. I mean, this is where I live. I'm, I'm from Jersey, okay. but I've been here 20 years. And this is home, and this is where my family is, and my, you know, my kids and everything. And it's tough to travel like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I can imagine. Now we don't ask for any spoilers or anything. I don't know if you know anything about the writers' room. We're not we're not asking for that. We're just just from your opinion, um, from playing Frankie. Would you like to see him um, in some sort of continuing role, or you know, see him try to possibly go through a redemption or a healing kind of situation? Well, I would love that. I would love okay. to keep working on Bosch. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, I would love to. I like the character. I like the people. I like yeah. what Titus. And again, it's it's a very nice group from the, you know, from the top to the bottom on that show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think we were we've been really intrigued with with your character. We do a segment um, on the podcast each week, person of interest, and it's not necessarily a suspect in that in that regard. It's just who who do we want to highlight um, for that episode or, or really dig deeper into? And your your name has come up, your character's name. Um, and uh, so we we are intrigued, and we'd love to see more. You know, we've started this. Um, well, talk about Pete. How you described it with the knot. We kind of have that with Frankie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just you know when you when you when you just see like a um, a thing of a ball of knots and you're just like this is going to be take forever and just you know there's just so much to untangle. Well, you yeah. know that character is a knot in Bosch where you know the Frank character we, we you can't untangle it in one episode. It takes the whole season to figure out what's going on. And as far as I'm concerned. It's gonna need more. That you're gonna to need to be back for more than one season because yes. I need to know what's going on. We need the, you know, the, the recovery story. We yeah, we we've got more knots to untie with Frankie for yes. sure. So you have our I vote. The writer's um, room is listening to your podcast. I do too. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we just talked to, to Michael Conley. Maybe he's a 
you know, going to listen in, we hope. So, he, yeah. We, I, I like him. He's a good guy. He sure seems like a great guy. Yeah. and, and what a, yeah. yeah, what a talent, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, on so many, so many levels. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we like to do a little bit of a, a, a lighthearted question at the end, especially with the Bosch storylines often being so heavy. Um, mm-hmm. So if you could pick one character, um, not the actor, but a character in the in the Bosch series, um, just to go out for a night on the town, um, who would you choose to hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> if I could pick a character to hang out with, <laughs> to go out for a night on the town, who would it be? I, I would mm. say Edgar's wife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, Not a bad I worked choice. With her. I, I worked yeah? with, with her. I worked okay. with Ingrid. I just remembered that. Um, I did an episode oh. of The Cleaner, and I had uh, a lot of stuff with her, and she was a sweetheart oh, okay. and so talented and so beautiful. Yes. And actually, her, her husband had directed me uh, before. Okay. But yeah, I would awesome. go out I'd go out with her. Good choice. I like it. <laughs> I do I do like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I know we got a little mixed up with um who we were speaking with, but it, we really had been wanting to talk to you because there's there's just so much um to your character. You bring such a richness to it and so we did want to work on that knot a little bit with you. Yeah, and, well, thank you. <laughs> And get some insights. So it's it's been an honor, and um, you you've got you've got a great body of work. So we uh, we look forward to more, whether it's in Bosch or, or something else. So yeah, well. just you know, from my perspective, also it's a real honor to get called in to do something like this for oh, a guy who's well. been you know out there for a long, long time, usually on the periphery. You know, I get to do some pretty cool roles and all, but to be kind of included like this is uh, pretty pretty cool, and I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to us. Thank you so much, and um, we really appreciate it. You take care and keep up the good work. Yeah, you guys. Bye-bye, later. Bye, Jamie. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was a great discussion with Jamie McShane. We we hit a lot of topics and got a lot of good insights. Anything in particular jump out at you guys that you want to talk about? You know, for me, and it wasn't it wasn't even show related so much. I guess mm-hmm. is I I've watched his character on screen on screen on screen on screen, and mm-hmm. you. You can't help but feel for him, maybe in a uh-huh. couple different ways. Uh-huh. And he just plays him so, so well. And mm-hmm. just hearing him talk about how he how he plays him and how he even kind of enjoys playing a character like that, and you know, that's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. But just hearing the excitement in his in his real voice, in his mm-hmm. real persona talking about it, yeah. it just for me it it amplifies the performance that he already has. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think he's very passionate about his characters, and then he just talked about how he goes deep, and that sometimes yeah. that's even, you know, it, that that is really hard, and sometimes it's hard to pull himself back out of it. So I, I, I would say more passion than maybe excitement. I'm sure he gets excited about taking on his roles, but I just also heard a lot of that, you know, 
this is work. You know, acting is work. You're not just reading the lines on the page. Yeah, like you're going total pro. with, total yeah, pro. and you're going within yourself and your emotions and getting to these different places. And his characters, he's played some troubled characters, and he's you're right, he's played them really, really well um, because you do you do have empathy for them. Um, so, yeah, I I agree. Some powerful stuff. What about you, Pete? Anything you wanted to touch on? Uh, yeah, real quick. I watched him on Unsolved, the Biggie and Tupac uh, murder uh-huh. mystery show on the limited yeah. series. And he played a totally different character, more of a mm-hmm. – um, he was – you know, he was a cop, but he played more – he wasn't so deep and dark and emotional. And mm-hmm. after watching Bosch and then talking to him, um, I feel like it's important that he was able to, like you said, admit that, you know, sometimes you got to go to a dark place and you don't get out right away. And a lot of actors and actresses won't admit that. And I never really hear that from people on the interview. So, like, to know that he's not wearing, you know, that, that cloak all the time and that we actually got the, you know, the, the actual guy, Jamie, you know, not mm-hmm. Frank and not the actor from these shows, shows me, you know, it, it was a cool moment for me to be like, wow, like, like this guy's, you know, telling us what we think would happen without, like, you know, I felt he was telling me the truth the whole way through and, you know, just a really great guy and, I'm yeah. just happy we got to talk to him. I really am. And he put a really good perspective on the character to make us really learn a few things about what he was trying to do there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And I, I thought it was interesting, all the different intersections he has had with um, other actors on the show that he's worked with yeah. in other shows and the intersection yeah. he's had yeah. sort of with some similar characters and the fact that he was in the Bosch pilot and that then they had to redo that because of his role on Bloodline. So, I mean, he's just had this really interesting history, even within the show itself, before this role. Um, yeah. So I, I just find that kind of fascinating. And it's just always great to hear how awesome the cast and the crew. And he said from the top to bottom, you know, that everyone is so awesome and great to work with. And, I mean, just the the – interviews that we've done with cast and so forth. I mean, we've certainly been really, you know, felt really good about how kind and generous, you know, they are. And then, you know, but to hear that from him as well, it's just, you know, that's what you want to hear. It's good stuff. And can I, can I admit something? Can I admit Um, something? Yes, please. All right. I'm going to admit something. And you know, as well as Ruby Titus III, I never admit anything that wouldn't make me amazing. But, True. Um, you know, we do all these different interviews and we get to talk to people and, and we don't all get to join in on all of them. And, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm happy to let whoever interview anybody, whatever, because I know my chance to, you know, talk to somebody will come around. I could have talked to Jamie and I missed it by like 12 seconds because of, you know, some hiccups or whatever. I'm jealous yeah. of you guys. That was such yeah. a big conversation. I'm yeah. totally jealous of you, too. Yeah. I'm just... I so I hate you guys that. a little bit. Just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Just a little well, bit. Well, you keep them going, Tracy. You're not going to get on the next one, either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know. We There were some technical difficulties, and Jay had to be in the background on this one. Um, but at least you got to hear it, you know? I know. And I'm Live. like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. Dang yeah. <laughs> and, you know, probably if you, if you had been on there, it was such a, you know, a great interview. We might've just gone on too long and, uh, you know, talked his ear off. So 
maybe. You know, there's there's the other side of the coin. But um, since you mentioned your lovely moniker, um, Welliver B. Titus the Third, you know, one of our listeners goes by Welliver B. Titus the Fourth, and I would, like to give, I would like to give a shout out to him because he gave us some good props this week on Twitter and and specifically called out to some of his friends that like podcasts and like Bosch and, and you have some of the same interests and encouraged them to listen to the podcast. So we appreciate that. Well, over be Titus the fourth. Um, and if you're enjoying this podcast, tell your friends, you know, the more well over be Titus the fifth. Yeah. We have several numbers available. So just, <laughs> just keep, keep adding on. Plenty of rolls with uh, Titus is to go around. All right. Uh, does, any, does anybody have the poll up before we get into this trivia? Because I'm not going to miss doing trivia. I may miss the answers, but I'm not going to miss doing it. Um, uh, I last looked about half an hour ago, and you were still in the lead of getting them all right. With like whoa. eight or nine votes. I can't remember what it was. <sighs> Come on, people. That's pressure. Okay. I see. Right. I see. You got to um, do it. Fifty-seven percent say get them. We'll get them all right. Twenty-nine percent will get one right. Fourteen percent say I'm not going to get any right. So um, that's me and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably you and Jay. Um, all righty. All right. Well, let's let's. Go. I'm not going to delay any longer. Hit me up. All right. You guys ready for the easy question first? Sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> after after Bradley Walker walks out of his meeting of industry and there's a sign that says the Walker Grant right outside when he's mm-hmm. talking with the guy about his dirty car. Now there's some graffiti on that sign. What does the graffiti oh, say? Justice now. Tracy gets one. Jay gets none. Well he but, didn't answer. Letting, I just jumped in. I'm, Did I'm, you know I'm it? letting I'm letting her get them all right, man. I okay. voted for that. Yeah, I saw that. I did notice that. Okay, so you ready for the hard one? Yeah. All right. When the Korean town killer crashed his bike into a car that was parked and then got sideswiped, I guess he's dead. Uh huh. What was the name of the person who owned the parked car? Holy God. Oh, oh my gosh, Pete. I, I do remember them saying it. Um, I, I I thought you were gonna say what kind of car wasn't it like a white SUV? Yeah, a well, Prius. I I, oh, Prius. I believe the car was a Prius, or oh. yeah, I believe it was a Prius. I don't know. I just know the person's name. All right, that's the trivia question. Oh, I, I don't know that. I've failed the 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 voters because yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Michael. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Is it a first name or a last name? Or it's both? a full name, first and last. Or were you asking about Michael? No, no, just the, <laughs> no, the answer. Okay, um, Michael Johnson. No, this isn't lost. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the answer is Aubrey Stenstorm. Oh gosh, no! Not even on my radar. This is Sorry. trivia. I also had a, I also had a question for Jay, just in case he didn't get any. Which where we're at here? Um, what is <laughs> the name are. of the show? 
could get Jay oh. on the board. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, Pete. Oh, Pete. I'm I'm about to call. I'm not even going to call Dwan this time. I'm going to call Chief Irving just so he gets hey, you on the board. You still listening? Yeah, this knucklehead yeah. keeps trying to play games <laughs> with the trivia. Oh, he's pulling out the big guns now. He's going to call Chief Irving. Woo! Yeah. Irving, he's probably yep. out to dine somewhere or driving, getting driven around in a fancy car. Listen, if I have to come back as a TV actor in my in my next life, I want to be, you know, Irvin. <laughs> Seriously, people, I'll be Irvin. I know. I mean, yeah. Nah, he's no got argument a tough job. There. You don't want that job. You don't want that job. That's a tough job. <laughs> he does it so well. All right. Anything else for tonight? Just a, a great season so far. So far, mm-hmm. yeah, we're almost I'm, we're almost to the end, and it's just fantastic as usual. We're over halfway there, and um, yeah, we think we have the right guy, but Bosch doesn't think we have the right guy, and we got to figure that out. So we've got four episodes to to figure it out. Well, yeah, considering the name of the show is Bosch, I think mm-hmm. we kind of you know go with the go with the theory at least with us three that Bosch is probably right on this one and this is okay. how it's going to play out I'm just saying it, it wouldn't be the name the name shall be Bosch and he gets the it gets it wrong you know mm-hmm. so here we are that's what you're calling it okay and um Jay I reminded Pete last week I think um or recently that we're going to we're going to need to go back and revisit who we named before the season started, after we'd seen the season four trailer, we all named a character that we thought was going to be pivotal in the season. And I don't know if you remember your answer. I remember mine. Um, I'm 87% sure that I remember my answer. Okay. All right. We'll just, you know, keep it on the down low. And uh, we are going to revisit that by the end of the season. So um, I think that'll be, that'll be interesting. That'll be telling. So, all right. Um, so check us out on iTunes. You can go directly to so many shows.com, um, and listen to this podcast, other podcasts. We've got other shows out there that so many shows covers. So just take your pick and then send us some feedback at Bosch at so many shows.com. And that's it for tonight. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>